You know, it's really interesting though, when I think about the termination process or the identification process, it's one of the reasons why when I talk to new hires and it's how have you seen us live our values and what do you need to unlearn? Like setting that expectation that yes, this is something that you have to participate in. Welcome to the Bragworthy Culture Podcast, where founders and business leaders talk about how they built a company culture that is so incredible, their employees brag about it. Our show aims to inspire you as you build a Bragworthy culture of your own. Culture building is philosophical and practical, and you'll find both discussed here. Grab a pen and a notebook. We're about to drop some knowledge. This episode is brought to you by Fringe, the number one employee lifestyle and fringe benefits platform. With Fringe, you can empower employees with lifestyle benefits that can be personalized to reduce stress, give back time, and spark joy. Fringe, benefits for life. Contact us and find out more at fringe.us. Here's your host, Jordan Peace. Welcome back to Bragworthy Culture. This is your host, Jordan Peace, and we're sitting down today with Meredith Bronk. Meredith is the CEO and president of Open Systems Technology, or OST, as we'll probably refer to it during the recording here. Elizabeth, we're really grateful to have you. Thanks for being here. I'm super excited to be here. All right. Well, OST, if you don't know, is an integrated cross-functional business technology firm. We have to say, say that three times fast. Bringing together strategy and insights, digital experiences, connected products, data center transformation, and enterprise managed services as they work alongside clients to optimize and grow their businesses. So that's a lot there. Meredith, I'd love for you to break that down and tell us exactly if I'm a potential customer, I don't know whether I am or not, what do I get with OST? Yeah, thanks, Jordan. When I talk about OST, we're a consulting, we're a services-based business. And when I think about what we have the capability to do, we talk about design, architect, build, and run. Mm. And we are maybe one of the fortunate businesses that the pandemic was good for us because we help companies who have digital strategies. So whether that's the platforms upon which their digital products run or helping them deploy digital products, we have services and consulting services that can do both. I explain it to my friends who aren't in the business that we help companies who don't want to be on the front page stay off of the front page by keeping their stuff secure or put them on the front page if they want to be on the front page with cool new technologies. We Ah. can do either. And we try to not let those lines cross. Like, that's the goal. Right. Offense and defense. Right. Yeah. On the front page for the right reasons or not on the front page at all. Right. That's, I love it. I love it. That's what we do. As you know, our podcast is all about culture all about the people and putting people first and prioritizing them. And so I thought I'd start a little bit just with your values as a company and talk about those. I loved reading them. They're actually quite similar to the values that I wrote long ago for our own company, but they are as follows. Honor our employees and their families. Delight our clients. Serve with humility. I'd love to touch on that one because that's Mm -hmm. a word that is coming up more and more and more in society. And I think that's a really good thing embrace entrepreneurship and innovation, and then learn through curiosity and empathy. So tell me about how long have those been? Is that kind of day one values? Have there been iterations of that? And I know you've been around a long, long time with with the company, potentially from day one, you'd have to tell the story, but maybe talk about how those formed and how they kind of play out in the workplace these days. Yeah. 
when I talk about, I love talking about our values as a non-technologist CEO of a technology company, I have the opportunity to really kind of lead right from a place of how do I ensure that people have the place to do their best work every single day. And that's the opportunity to kind of create an organization that has shared values and that we're living those values. Interestingly, you know, I think as you go through stages of growth, I've been, we're celebrating our 25th anniversary right now this year, and I've had just over 24. So the business was shortly before I joined, but I've been around for quite some time. And we didn't actually write those values down on a piece of paper. It was probably Mm -hmm. about like 15 years ago, maybe because we lived them first. We were living and as we were growing, it's like, we should probably write this down. So as new people Mm. join, we have a place that we can refer back to. And Mm. so we went through the writing process. You read five values. So we have five, what we call guiding principles today. And at the time that we first wrote them down, we had four. We added the fifth actually when we made an acquisition back in 2016. And that fifth one was the learn through curiosity and empathy because it was representative of the group of folks who had joined and kind of what was for to how, how they identified, if you will, and kind of some of their values and also was representative of how we were coming together. That was Mm -hmm. the learning through curiosity and empathy as a technology company made an acquisition of a human centered design firm, which is very empathetic and kind of creative oriented. So we wanted to make sure that that was encapsulated. So we've morphed that over time. Okay. But we use those values. We, I call it the blue card. I have a, that has our values in it that I keep right here on my desk. And I call it the right here with our guiding principles on it. And uh, we use it in a lot of different ways. And including, I ask that everybody who joins kind of raise your right hand and agree that these are this is how you're going to, what you're committing to doing, uh, yeah. which becomes an important component. I'm sure it does. Yeah. And I really, I appreciate the thoughtfulness around adding that value when you purchased a company and when you had new employees coming in. It's a scary time for them. It's, it could be a confusing time for your current employees that are having all these new people come in. And what does that mean for me? And yeah, it's a little intimidating. And to go to this all the way to the step of like, let's sort of look at our values and, and maybe incorporate the way these people are coming in and the way that we're integrating together through empathy, through curiosity, as opposed to the opposite of where we get a little competitive or a little territorial. That's cool. And the other thing that I observed when you're talking that's unique is it wasn't as if you had founders, like I think in a lot of companies these days, the founders will sit down and there's an expectation. It's like, we're going to write our values and our mission and all of that, like really early on. But there was a little time that passed where you had a core of people, I'd imagine, and instead of prescribing what your values are, you more described the yes. values that you were seeing lived out already, which is really cool. And I'd imagine that's led to a lot of those folks sticking around because the business is reflective of them. I'm taking a leap of faith with that question here, but has that been the case just in terms of the engagement, retention of just those early folks? I mean, you've been around 24 years. I mean, are you alone in that or is it kind of commonplace to see long careers within OSD? Yeah, we've got a lot, a lot of long timers and we've had a ton of growth. So we've got a lot of people also that we've obviously added to the team, but creating that sense of belonging, which is also mm. part when you look at about adding the values, it's like you do want it to be representative of the whole. And it's important to kind of create that sense of belonging. And when I think about it, one of the terms I use, I talk about cultural hypocrisy. And it's Mm. like, it becomes super important that 
it's even, people can get mad or can be like, but I can't have an eye roll. If I'm going to hold up this blue card and talk about how important our values are in the minute, somebody's like, okay, then I've <laughs> lost. So it's like, I, what I fight is the hypocrisy. So mm-hmm. it is important that whether you've been here for a long time, that you feel like it is representative of what you see around you and how you're being asked to behave. So it's yeah. an interesting, and we do some intentional practices around that to, in order to maintain that mm. level of expectation. Yeah. Let's talk about up. that, Meredith, because we talked right before we hit record, we were talking a little bit about just the growth that you guys have experienced. I want to say you said there's something like 350 employees, and I imagine there were probably less than 10 when you got started. So What's that been like and how have you taken this culture that was sort of you know, just really organic? Like we said, you just described what you saw when those were written down. But then there's a significant growth period beyond that. And how do you maintain that? How do you recruit to it? And this is just a, a kind of a selfish question because I'm sitting here leading an organization that's about 65 people. Yeah. And I think we'll probably double in the next year. And I'm like, how do I do that without yeah. the wheels coming off culturally? Yeah, I love the question of cult- yeah. maintaining culture and growth because just getting the question presumes it's hard, like that there mm. has to be change or there's something there. And usually yeah. it's bad. Like I used to work for a company that was good, but then we grew and we changed and it all, mm. it all changed. And usually that's in a bad way. There's like yeah, this somehow right. this negative connotation. And it's like, so part of what we talk about is it's not what it used to be. And that's a good thing. And so how do we talk about, for us, it's a really interesting, what, first of all, let me just take a quick step back. When I talk about culture versus values, we have our values, our guiding principles, these five haven't changed. So kind of our values orientation and who we are, that stays the same. When I talk about culture, the culture is like the behavioral manifestation of those values. The behavioral way that your values show up looks different at different stages. It looks different with different groups. It looks different in pandemic when you're working in hybrid than it does when you're standing in the kitchen or in your garage or with the first five people. It looks different. So we have our honor our employees and their families first. Well, when there's five of us, like who all live around the same cul-de-sac, it's different than when we live around the country. So how are we demonstrating honor? We must demonstrate honor, but how we do that looks different. So the culture, if you will, the behavioral manifestation of that value must look different and you have Mm. to allow for that change. So if you try to hold white knuckled onto the way that it's always been, I think that's where we run into trouble. That's where when the culture, it does shift and it feels bad. And then you're like, oh, I guess it's just not the same. And then somehow Mm. it's like, well, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. And so maintaining the intentionality and allowing it to manifest and celebrating how it manifests differently, for us at least, is part of how we've been able to say, oh, no, 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 we honor our employees and their families first. How have you experienced that? How have you experienced that? How do you guys do it? What does it look like for a group of engineers versus a group of salespeople? It looks different for a group of engineers than it does for a group of sales folks. Which is, again, that's okay, but that it's represented is required. And I think that's the part that to me is like, are we doing that? Are we living that truth? Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I think in the same way that you observe your culture early on in order to write the values in the first place, it, it indicates to me that the culture is kind of a mirror. You look at your culture and you see what's being reflected and you hope you see your values being reflected. And I think that's what great companies look like. It's like you said, it's the behavioral manifestation. I got, sorry to brag for a second, it's called Bragworthy Culture. So why yeah. But we got a new employee. She came in about four weeks ago, but last week I finally got to sat, sit down with her in kind of a group of five, I think. And I got to go through our booklet about our values. Kind of, it's called, you know, we are friends, right? And it's like this document that really helps you understand who we are. And I'm kind of going through this and talking about what it means to me personally and this and that. And I asked for feedback at the end. And if she just gave me like the greatest compliment, she said, I could have written this based on the first four weeks here or the first two weeks at the time. I have both seen and even heard these words before I saw this document. And I was like, yes, <laughs> it's like this is such a cool moment. She probably had no idea how much that meant to me. But it's it, when you were talking about that behavioral manifestation, it just that's what popped into that's my what, head. That's what you um, want, right? You don't yeah. want somebody to go, oh, I'm glad to hear you say that because I've been waiting right. for this book. You shouldn't need the book to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. You should feel it, right? I yeah. mean, that's like what culture is. It's like you should be able to come in, work for a month in a place and then sit down and write the values and be close. Yes. I love that. What's interesting, I was talking a little bit about some of the practices that we have, and I do a new employee luncheon once a quarter. I used to do it in person where I could, and now we do virtual, but I ask three questions. How have you seen us live our values? And we talk about that. How have you seen us not live our values? Because one of the things that I think is really important to recognize is that we're imperfect people. Yes. And that just because we screw up, just because sometimes we show up in ways that don't always aren't perfect, doesn't mean that we're bad, that this is meaningless, that whatever. So how have you seen us not show up? And what do you think you have to unlearn to become part of it? And I, I ask those three questions because also we all have experiences. We all bring our own personal experiences to the table, to our workplace, to a new workplace. And so... When I think about embracing entrepreneurship and innovation is one of our guiding principles. So right. it's like, I want you to walk at the door. And if you have an idea about something that you see that you think could be done better, I expect you to say something about it or just start doing it different. Like, that's just how we are. <laughs> just, just like, if, and especially if it's just yours, if it's in your control and it's in yeah. your workplace and it's like, you think there's a better way, go right. for it. But people work at places that are like, no, no, this is how you do it. Like, don't deviate. This is the way it's always been done. It's like, I think, again, those are the three questions because I want people to understand that it's not, this isn't something that you get. It's something that you have to participate in. You are an active participant in extending this culture. And especially in the second question, and how have you seen us not live our values? And I'm sure you get this from just kind of a leader perspective. I think sometimes people think that I think that we're perfect. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, there goes Mayor and her blue card and talking about culture and all of our values. And right. it's like, yeah, I'm super proud of what we've built. I am super proud of the fact that we have 98% of our employees would recommend OST as a great place to work. I am really, really proud of that. Sure. And I know that on any given day, oh my word, we are all human. Yeah. I'm showing up and I'm lacking humility. I'm showing mm. up and I am, or whatever. I'm showing up yeah. and I am 
not innovative or entrepreneurial. I'm shutting down ideas because we all have days. And then I just mean I, like me, but whoever it is inside Mm. the business. So you have to leave space for people to be human and not let that somehow catastrophize Mm. a culture. And if you're not intentional about it or setting that expectation, it can be easy to go there. Yeah, I just learned something. And it was this idea of when someone's in your organization, they are a participant in the culture, not a consumer of it. It's not something you get. It's something you participate in. That was really helpful context for me and something that I I think I need to start communicating. Just make sure that people get that. Like we are what we make it. And so you can't come in and just kind of consume. You got to come in and be a part of it. That's really good. That's really good. I'm curious, maintaining culture, right? Through growth, I would imagine, and you've done it and I have not. So tell me if I'm wrong in this, but I would imagine that as you grow, one of the really important things is that you hire the right people, Mm. both from a, they have to have the skills and all that you need, but that they actually do agree with the values. And you can sense, hopefully, the values within them through the interview process and at least they're going to give some sort of intellectual assent to, yes, yeah, that this is me. I agree, right? Yes. Uh, so I imagine that's important. But if even if you do that well, you're not going to do it perfectly. And you're yes. going to miss sometimes. And so you're going to end up with people in your organization that don't fit. And you can tell the values are actually misaligned. You know, so just curious, like how you go about bringing people in and how you go about ushering people out both for the sake of maintaining your culture? Yeah, great question. It's funny that you say that. Our VP of talent, Tamara, I have often, she just celebrated 11 years with OST, and I have often said she is probably the number one reason that we've been able to maintain the culture that we've been able to maintain. She's done a fantastic job leading the recruiting efforts on our recruiting team because it is who you let in the door as a huge impact. Because even if you are good at like extracting like, Hey, that wasn't a great choice. Mm-hmm. It's still, it's time and it's effort and there's damage done. So yeah. that's, it's not there's a huge process. There, yeah. Uh, right. yeah, indeed. Indeed. So sure. Yes. Hats off to the folks who can, who get it and can help us mm-hmm. bring absolutely the right talent in. You know, it's really interesting though, when I think about the termination process or the identification process, it's one of the reasons why when I talk to new hires and it's, how have you seen us live our values and what do you need to unlearn? Like setting that expectation that, yes, this is something that you have to participate in. And then with managers, and we do some different training on the manager side, like here's how you make decisions that are both good for the business and aligned to our culture, because that might be different than other places that you came from. Like they have, Mm -hmm. they have a different culture and they have a different business expectations and outcomes. And here's how those two things are married for us. But I actually wrote a little white paper for our managers, oh, several years ago now. That's like, and here's how we do termination. Because even in that process, we have to demonstrate honor. Like our goal is to honor our employees and their families, even the ones that don't fit. So it's like the first conversation is, okay, hold on a second. We hire people whose value and values are aligned and we provide the market access to use your talents. Like that's how we talk at OST or a consulting business. And it's like, hey, you didn't show up in this way. This was observed, what happened? Like right. we have to confront the behavior when it happens. It's part of the question when I say, how have you seen us not live our values with our new employees? 
And I usually get crickets, by the way, when I ask that question, because everybody's like afraid to tell me. And then yeah. I tell them some stories. I'm like, well, let me tell you, here's how it's going to show up. You got to loosen, loosen the lips a little bit. Yeah. Totally, totally. <laughs> you're going to walk into a room and you're going to get the smartest person who's going to tell you everything that they know, because mm -hmm. that's you. the humility won't be that you talked earlier. The humility right. will not show up. And yep. it's like, that's usually what happens. And <laughs> in that moment, you have a decision to make. You have to confront it. And if you're not comfortable confronting it, you have to talk to somebody who you know can confront it. Like, hey, right. what happened? Like, mm -hmm. usually you're super open-minded and you had just had all the answers in there or whatever it is. You don't have to be a jerk about it, but you need to yeah. confront it. Yeah. And then if it, it still isn't addressed, then we have to address it. How are you not showing up? This happened. And I'm going to go talk to around to the peers, to the people around you. This is an expectation that we have. Mm -hmm. If you show up like this again, we're going to talk again. You get two chances. If I have a third conversation with you, the third conversation is the one where it's time for you to leave the business. I think yeah. every person deserves, if we're going to honor them, a couple of chances to understand yeah. it because then they have a chance to fix the behavior. But yeah. usually yeah, they're, by they're, the second conversation, they know. I find that there's a difference. Like there's an intentional deafness with some people. They just don't want to be told that they, this is the way they don't want to be told anything, right? <laughs> Nothing. Yep. Right? So much less, this is the way that we're going to value others. And this is the way we're going to treat each other. Right. And then there are people that are just maybe a little bit immature and they, they could be immature at 25. They would be immature at 55, but there's just a little bit of a maturity issue that those conversations will write the ship and they're learners and they've got the humility to go, oh, I see how I was acting now. Thank you for pointing. And they can, you know what I mean? And those people, when you give them that second chance, that third chance, they are the most loyal, grateful people you've ever had in your organization. Yeah. yeah that's, All day yeah. long. And other people around them appreciate it. Because they yeah. also know like, hey, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, yeah. for taking that feedback. I would say the other thing that sometimes happens is that they are, I use the term weaponized. Like, mm. well, I'm just being entrepreneurial. I'm like, no, you're oh. being a jerk. Like, no, you're, <laughs> I don't know. You to use, I don't, I yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. But, but I did. But you know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, if you ever have that with any of yours. If Weaponize yeah, but, the values. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little bit. Yeah. We're still a young company, so I haven't had as much time to have those war stories yet, but definitely, you know, I think there's this, it's so funny. I mean, when I read your values, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like, <laughs> I need to send you are so you'll <laughs> laugh about how similar, but the way we phrase it is we're all entrepreneurs, very similar idea. And I mean, verbatim, I tell people, if you see something that's off, we can do it better, like speak up. You don't have to like earn your stripes over years and then speak up, like speak up on day one. If you've got an idea, like same exact messaging, but then you've got a few occasionally that would just sort of take advantage of that. It's just yeah. like, well, you told me to think for myself, so I'm just going to ignore any sort of chain of command at all. Right. right. And it's like, that's not what I was saying. You know, right. <laughs> like we still have authority, just like yes. we all have authority in our lives. We have to respect that. But within that, with humility, yes, be creative. It's funny that you use that humility because we talk about, we have five of them and we talk a lot about honor. 
it's our first guiding principle. And, but I'm super clear to say they're all, these five are all equal. You need to be demonstrating all of them. So right. when somebody's like, I was just being entrepreneurial, I was like, tell me how that also demonstrated humility. Or what did you <laughs> learn? What, like, what were you also looking to learn? And usually yeah. it starts to fall down. Mm -hmm. And when they're being weaponized, they have to live in concert with one another. They are in fact, all of them, all of the time, as best mm -hmm. you can. Yeah, but it's not, yeah. you can't just pick and choose the prioritized value that you want to demonstrate when it suits you. Like, <laughs> I feel like we get to sit here and tell yeah, these are fun. Last thing I'll ask you, because I told you we go 20 minutes and we're already at 25. But I want to ask you about, you mentioned, again, before we started recording, part of the growth experience was through COVID, through kind of, at this point, you guys probably have employees all over the place. We do. Maybe talk a little bit about that and also like, not just the remote nature, but given the way the market has turned and some of the fears that are out there and so forth. Like, do you have employees that you're having a harder time sort of quelling those fears and like maintaining that connection because they're just a little freaked out right now and you can't just drive across the street and give them a hug and, and bring them some coffee. So like, how are you kind of working through that? Yeah. yeah, I think the true effect of what all of this, the kind of change in work and connected and disconnected and everything else that's happened, I don't think we've fully uncovered the full effect no. of what that means yeah. for folks, no, actually. Not. But for us, from an employment perspective, we've definitely, the benefit of this is that we've hired across the country and we've got great yeah. reach. And the challenge yeah. with that is that, yes, it means with that great reach, sometimes there's a greater place of disconnect. So we use, because we are also a technology company, we use some tools. So we try to create fun and non-work related ways for people to connect, whether it's through like the pets channel or bourbon or foodies. So like right now we have a foodie challenge where we give money, like, you know, it's 15 bucks a month or whatever, but it's like, Hey, this week it's farmer's markets. So everybody, regardless of where you are, go to a farmer's market, go spend some money at the farmer's market, make a meal and put a picture of whatever it is that you're making on the oh, channel. Cool. So we try to do little things like that, that also kind of encourage a level of engagement, regardless of where you are. Yeah. So you're not disadvantaged because you're not close to an office because mm -hmm. we do still have some offices. So we try to do things like that, that help people feel connected. But really, I think the true benefit comes from the people who are closest to the work and the folks, regardless of where you live. So we okay. talk a lot to the manager, to yeah. the people leaders that we have in our business that are like, are you just checking in on folks? We, mm -hmm. as part of our 25th anniversary, we're all coming together in Grand Rapids, cool. Michigan for the first time in like two and a half years. Oh, I'm so excited awesome. to, have a, to have a party, like just to come together for like a, a day and a half. And I think that will also be very helpful. I know it's going to help me, but I think it's going yeah. to be really helpful. I mean, absolutely. I mean, just that, stuff, that, that could pick you up and keep you going for months and months, if not years, you know, <laughs> just remembering that all these faces on the screen yes. are like real whole people from top to bottom, not yes. just from here up, right? And with lives and families and they're humans. And, and yeah, that's so cool. I've heard that a few times now. I'm starting to hear a little bit more around like, whole company get togethers and so forth. And I think, I mean, I, there's probably no better money that you could spend in your company than doing something like that. I mean, I think it just means the world to people oh, um, yeah. to be able to do that. So that yeah. that's really, really cool. 
Oh gosh. All right. We are just, uh, <laughs> I could talk all day too about fun. this. Yeah, this is I know. I have way too much, but that's why I love this podcast. It's like, this is just what I'm interested in. So yeah. I'm like, I'm taking notes it. with a, with a, uh, orange Sharpie that my daughter left in here and, uh, I'm learning <laughs> things. So, <laughs> all right, Meredith, well, let me let you go. We'll have to maybe schedule a time to jump back on and check in with you. I want to hear how that party went at the very least. And But I'm really, really grateful that you came in, shared so much, taught us things. I'm really, really impressed with the intentionality around everything that you guys are doing for your people and how you're just fiercely protecting this culture that you've built and being really, really committed to your values. Because I know how tempting it is to go outside of your values to get that one hire that you really want or whatever, you know, to take some kind of shortcut and like good for you that you guys have stayed the course for so many years and and congrats on 25 years in the business. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on. It's been a joy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week on Bragworthy Culture. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Bragworthy Culture Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes. This episode is brought to you by Fringe, the number one employee lifestyle and fringe benefits platform. With Fringe, you can empower employees with lifestyle benefits that can be personalized to reduce stress, give back time, and spark joy. Fringe, benefits for life. Contact us and find out more at fringe.us.